The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. Today is January 10th, 2022. Darian Douglas, today is a special day. Oh, why don't you tell everyone what today is? Well, today is the greatest day uh, ever, Greg. You know, January 10th, great people like myself, Max Roach, uh, were born. And uh, yeah, man, I'm 37 years young today. I'm, I'm the, the greatest person on the earth, uh, a.k.a. Darian, a.k.a. the Supreme Ruler, uh, a.k.a. Chef D, uh, a.k.a. King. You know what I'm saying? That's what people call me, Greg. Wow. Yeah, well, I had a whole you intro know? ready for you, but I guess you, you took care of it for me, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> What can I say, man? Darian, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody out there who's uh, giving me love and and, uh, on this very special day. Despite my house flooding, Greg, I'm having a great day. I have to say, I'm impressed by your demeanor. I can tell that you have, um, in your 37 years on this earth, you have acquired some wisdom and some poise, and you have become one with the universe, and nothing can phase you at this, this, uh, your old, ripe age. (laughs) I, I think you've known me almost 20 years or something like that, right? So you, you, you've you been here for, for a lot of this 30 cents. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute now. And you know what? It's been a pleasure because you, are, I'll say this right now. You're the fucking man. And I, man, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And man, dude, happy birthday, man. Thank you, bro. I keep telling people we should have got married, man. It's too late. You know I'm taking, right? You keep saying <laughs> Look, man, let's get let's get right to it, man. We we got somebody very special here tonight, Miss Asia Sivers. And she is, I think she's what you call an entrepreneur. What, what, are, what are those? What, what is an what entrepreneur? Who makes something out of nothing. It's kind of like improvising. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to have Asia on tonight. And it's a little bit different because she's not a musician per se, but she is an artiste. Hmm. She, she's a mixologist. That's what you call, that's the professional version of, of things, right? And as I think all of our listeners know, uh, alcohol and music go hand in hand. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love and marriage. It was a show, right? That was, what, the, what was it with Al Bundy and all those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of like uh, liquor and music, man, you know. Anyway, uh, let, why don't, without further ado, let's bring Miss Asia Welcome her to the Working Artist Project. What's up, Asia? Yeah, yeah. Hi. Hey. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. You know, you know, I forgot to tell Greg and, and the rest of our listeners that you're the greatest storyteller of all time. I am good at that. I got a trauma. <laughs> so amazing. Oh, this is gonna be a great hour. Oh my, I'm so excited. Yeah. Asia, listen, let's let's I want to jump into into your story and, and let people know. First of all, the name of your company is Mixology Dash C L E, right? Yes, it is. Oh, tell us what you do. I do so many things. Um, Mixology C L E. The C L E is from uh Cleveland. I am born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. But Mixology C L E is basically an entire group of my mind. <laughs> of drinks and experiences, curated experiences and thoughtful beverages, right? So basically we do online virtual classes where we can send out kits with all the tools and ingredients to your home, develop a menu and you get on Zoom and we make cocktails or we can do it live and in person. We just had a couple classes in Cleveland, Ohio, which were super fun where people made drinks in person. Or I make bar menus for different restaurants and different groups, weddings, your wedding. Um, we did a couple of things. So we do a lot. If you have any idea for your, your lifestyle, uh, let us know and we will curate an experience for that. That's what Mixology CLE is. You've been curate, cur- curating experiences for large companies too, right? I have. 
Yeah, one one of my listeners in, in Greg, I know Greg probably Greg is an avid runner, so he he knows all about this Peloton. And so that's that's kind of a huge, that's kind of a huge contract. Greg is crazy. He runs outside every day uh-huh. for the people of New York, you know. Hey, just just for the record, just for the record, there there was a period of life where I was riding on Pelotons at hotels and things like that. And I did fall in love with one of the hostesses of the one of my <laughs> I can't remember her name right now, but let me, you know tell, let me tell you, I was on that bike every day. Every chance I got, I was on that bike. <laughs> so, so are you telling me like, uh, I wasn't hip to the fact that I could have been drinking on this bike too at the same time. Right. Okay. I mean, that might be a thing at some point in time, but um, the Peloton account and many accounts have been given to me by way of like, randomness do y'all want that story of how that even came into abundance now yeah i want to guess how it happened actually you know what have you ever you know i would assume that just from this story you would have been from new orleans because let me tell you in new orleans every day you're going to see someone riding down the street at like two miles an hour on like an easy rider one of those like Mm-hmm. Lazy boy bikes with like a drink in the cup holder, a drink in their hand, and the radio going. So that's that was it, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. It was fun. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> but it was it was just as serendipitous as um that moment you described. So um in like 20. 20- 18, I started my actual company. Um, I work at Compass Group Restaurant Associates in New York, and we did a lot of events. I'm an event planner by day, sales manager. I do that with like my nine to five. I'm at the Google account right now. Super fun job. We did many experiences with um, food and cooking and teaching. And one day we had like an overflow of people that could not cook in the, there's like a room and there's all these sinks and stovetops and they it only could fit 16 to 20. Someone's like, hey, I have a group of like 30. And my teaching kitchen chef and everyone that's a part of the program was like, oh my God, 30, we cannot do that. You know, cancel it, get them out of here. I was like, well guys, I, I could teach them some cocktails. Like, let's do that, like I got you. So we pulled some group a group to the side and I'm like, all right, let's figure this out. We have all the tools, the ingredients, we just need some alcohol, like everyone will be fine. So we developed that program and it went from being able to only host about 16 to 20, all the way up to 150 people we were able to accommodate. Like the largest class I taught was 150 people. And that was just me like, yeah, no, it's fine. I can figure it out. I'm an entrepreneur. How you said it? An entrepreneur. <laughs> Making something out of nothing. We'll figure it out, right? So um With that being said, people walking past through the building, just seeing that class, um, fast forward to life, um, I I began to do that on my own as well. I was doing it before, just brought it to the job site. But once we pivoted into this 2020 COVID virtual world, I got an email from a girl that I knew and was like, hey, my friend's looking to do a virtual cocktail class. Can you do that with kids? And I'm like, sure, no problem. No problem. How many people? She's like 10 people. Uh, it was like two months out. And I'm like, sure. So I reach out to the folks. Um, I realized that it is the the email tags Peloton. I'm just thinking the girls using her like work email to be like, I'm professional, right? But that wasn't it. It was actually the client, right? Peloton. So I'm like, oh my God. I like call my mom. I'm like, mom, I, there's a Peloton who wants me to do an event. Um, they want me to send out kids. And my mom's like, got it you know so I'm googling things the resourceful person I am and I build a kit a week before I meet with a girl and I'm like this is what we offer <laughs> yep all of these things she's like great perfect let's do it the class was three weeks later and it was um, about 10 people for that first class within those three weeks um they have they did not have that class with me but within those three weeks because of the service and the, the photos and the a customer, like everything I was giving them, the curated experience, the thoughtful process, they wind up booking about 250 kits with me before they even had a class with me. And that took me all the way through November, December, January. And by reaching all of those folks, more folks started calling for virtual classes and more and more. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. Let's get it done. <laughs> so 
Ta-da, we are here today. <laughs> Story. Oh, that's so, so, okay. So we could just like dig into all this kind of stuff. So you already right off the bat mentioned that you feel like you got a lot more work because of the presentation of your product. Um, can you dig into like maybe what maybe differentiates your product from maybe other people who do something like this? How does that all work? Me. <laughs> that's, that's, that is so true. <laughs> and the way I would describe that is, um, my my background and my life leading up to this point has prepared me for this type of uh, work or this this business. Um, fun fact: I used to be a magician and a stand-up comedian. I was, I like was going to ask you about that. That was my favorite <laughs> thing in your bio. <laughs> that was my first job, and that really prepared me to just be like spontaneous, outgoing, get in people's faces, and show them the unknown or something that they could be afraid of. Right. Like I, I'm doing something that's supposed to trick you and it's illusion focused, but it's supposed to spark joy, right? So that portion of like, all right, I need to spark joy. I need to make a connection before I present. Um, I got that from magic, right? Then I was a, um, worked at Home Depot as like a in-store promoter for like kitchen cabinet refacing and all these other things. <laughs> so from there, I learned to like scour, look around, you know, I'm like going through like you look like you got a kitchen how can I help you so <laughs> moving on to understanding uh, a demographic or a group of people in a need and how to approach and then moving on to uh the food industry which led me to bartending right so I've been a server for a very long time like that was my second job <laughs> and in serving I always saw the folks in the back the cool kids at the table they were the bartenders like the bar crew they always had keys that like made noise to like lick cages. <laughs> they had carts, they had their own section. They like counted things. I just had a, a cummerbund and a crummer. I want, I want keys, right? So I began to be a little more um, intrigued about that bar experience. And I was uh, extremely blessed to have a group of people at this uh, company called Lander Haven Executive Caters um, that were like, yeah, well, I'll show you what to do. I mean, you can't drink it. You can't serve it, but like, this is, this is how we pull a bar sheet. This is how we do different things. And I, uh, one time they let me do running for the drinks and I realized how much money was in it because, um, <laughs> two guys at a table, they were like, Hey, uh, bring me this drink all night. Slid me a 50. Okay. I'll do that. All right. God, I'm not even a bartender. I'm not even making the drinks. So I began to understand what um, cocktails were like because they only wanted one specific person to make it. So the fact that this drink is, can they no matter where they go, they like this drink. So if you could make this drink very well in a particular place, it's not the drink, it's the bartender. It's the person making it, right? And they don't see the bartender. They saw me bringing that drink, but they were making sure I always get that drink from that person. So I'm like, okay. There's a method to the madness. You can create an experience, a taste that is residual that makes people want to come back for more and want you only. So all the way up until now where I have my current job and going into the corporate realm, um, that also brought me to the precipice of navigating corporations and what those emails should look like and what the video calls need to be like. And who, who do you need to talk to? What's the process? What shoulder needs to be forward? That, that job brought me this as well, right? So my entire life's journey kind of led me to, um, to creating this. And I think all of those experiences aid to the reason that people come back uh, for wanting more of Mixology CLE. Hope that answered the question. You, you know, Asia, I'm just sitting here listening to you. And I think that I have my own opinions, but I'm curious to know what you think draws people to you because everything you said is great, but if you don't have that magic, you're, cause you're magnetic. So people see you and they're just like, ah, oh, I want to be a part of this. And all great entrepreneurs and all great leaders have that. Mm-hmm. All even some of the bad ones too, <laughs> they have that thing and you got it. So what do you think, what do you think that is for you, for yourself? I think that for myself or for if you don't have it, how you get it. Not for you, for you. Mm-hmm. I don't care about nobody but you today. Well, on your birthday, that is special. <laughs> that is special. Um, nice I, guy. <laughs> I would say having the audacity to uh, know who I am at the bare minimum. Like 
with everything stripped away, if I have nothing, if I have no resources, no power, no voice, who, what, what do I know I can do? I know okay. that I, what is that? <laughs> I know that I, um, I like to, I like to serve. I like to be of assistance. Point blank period. I have nothing to give, but I can help. The second thing is the ability to think. If I can't, if you don't know how to help yourself, I have the ability to really think through process, procedure, and resources. Because I realize that a lot of times I, like looking at different businesses, they have a particular thing that that allows for them to have value. Like I have this, and this is why my company is great. On the contrary, people assign value to that item. So how do you then portray that item to be valuable? And I believe I have the gift of creating value in item because people, it's you, you, me, Dupree, all of us, we assign value to two things. Nothing else does it. So if you have the ability to speak to someone to create that value or that thought process in their head, that will help, right? And then last but not least, I'm just happy all the dog on time. Hey, like joy, <laughs> joy is free. It costs nothing. Nothing yeah. it gonna cost a dog a thing. Literally. Like, I mean, well Asia, have you been, have you been drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been drinking uh lychee sparkling water. There you go. Three so, dollars. Do you, do you feel like as as a as someone who who is a bartender? Do you feel more drawn to like the connections that you're building with people, or do are you like fascinated with like the actual mixology and like how drinks come together and things like that? It started with the people and the openness of people when they get drinks. Hmm. I like vulnerability. I like who you are. Oh, you gotta have some good stories of people telling you all kind of stuff. It's like, Whoa. But I always wanted to know that, like, how can you grow anything or even learn how to navigate the world if you don't know the people you live in it, like that live in it, right? Or at their bare minimum, if you just have this facade. And at the bar, when you, especially at like local bars, like frequent, not like party, but like the real thing, even parties, people come to the bar like, water, just to give me water, don't, don't tell them. <laughs> this is me, I need water. So... <laughs> The um, the people is what dropped me to it first, and then I got into like the smoke and the bubbles and the the egg whites, and then I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I, I like that you said the people. I you know I used to be a bartender uh, in college, and I'll never forget this. This guy used to come to my bar, y'all, every week, every Sunday at two p.m., and he would his wife was terminally ill, and so he would go to the grocery store, buy ice cream for his wife. And then come to my bar and get a seven and seven. And he'd be like, all right, I got 30 minutes to drink this seven and seven. <laughs> and, you know, we chop it up. We got to know each other over the years really well. And, and it's just like, that's a special bond that you can create with somebody, you know, like uh, over one drink. I wasn't even drinking, unfortunately. He was drinking. I was working. But, you know, so that's, that's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's next level. You know, people don't really think about that, that part of it. You're, you know, are, are you finding like online as you're making kits for people and stuff like that? Are they, do you have that same level of connection and interaction with the people that you're hosting? I would say it's a different level of connection because it, at online, it's not about me. It's about the group on the screen uh, having a shared experience in different locations. So for that, it's just making sure each kit has that same experience but um creating some sort of conversation around it for people to get off mute y'all remember how awkward zoom calls were when we got <laughs> here we're like no camera audio <laughs> on the internet oh my gosh no i don't know <laughs> putting on clothes like ask someone's like camera on you're like oh my god um so creating that experience and having the 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 spirit um <laughs> Thinking about being a bartender, you're literally giving someone something that can alter their state if they have too much. And they're just like, I trust you. Give it to me. <laughs> so um, having that aid in the Zoom calls definitely made it help. But um, it was more about connecting the folks on the screen. 
Yo, Greg, I, I know it's your turn, but somebody in here is uh, in the comments. They got a question for Asian, and I don't want to miss the opportunity to, <laughs> to let our, our listeners ask a question. Somebody wants to know about your creative process and how you coming up with your themes and ideas. I'm assuming this person has been to one of your class, one of your, your, your sessions. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, how do I come up with things and ideas? Um, I enjoy the unknown. So I, or, or to just like display new things or give people an experience they never had before. So a lot of my creativity comes through research of, okay, it's International Women's Month. Let me look for women-owned alcohols or spirits or wines, whatever it might be, minority-owned, local, something biosis. Like, what are these cool things out here and then what can be paired with them as well as seasonality? Um, it, my, a lot of my creative process is, is determined by the state of the world, in all honesty. But it's it's exciting because you get to see it in a, a um, another, what is this thing called, medium or format much like music can transport you to another place, depending on what's going on, <laughs> alcohol can be the same, <laughs> especially with flavors, whether it's herbaceous or bright or citrus or woody, you know, smoky, It'll take you, take you somewhere else. So that's where my inspiration comes from. The world. <laughs> so, can, so can you walk us through maybe like what a mixology class or experience actually looks like if uh, like, like, so, so we, we receive a package in the mail and then, then what happens from there? Two things can happen. One, <laughs> if this is a multi-day experience, you might have a box that says like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you'll open the box. First day, it might be, we, we've kind of branched to do like Zen experiences as well, or um, kits that align with like snacks if it's an all-day event. So Monday might just be some tea. We might do some local tea for the for the U.S., Canada, and Hawaii. Since I've been there, made it. Okay, um, so <laughs> that was a tremendous feat for me. Um, <laughs> next up, <clears throat> once you open your kit um, and you get on a call, you may have something fun like a lanyard or a necklace or something that you can talk about and present. So you'll gain that connection, right? Next up, the next day you might have herbs, you might have a fun snack with like rosemary in it, um, something else with like a honey cake or something. And then you move into your kit on that next day. And that drink might be a rosemary honey whiskey sour, might be a gimlet, you know, it, it'll have something to do. It's like a, a sneak peek to what's going on. So once you open your kit, you, um, We'll order, we usually send the alcohol through like mini bar. They'll like put everything in it, send it to you. You open it, you get all your tools, your glassware, your um, skewers, like everything your heart desires is in that box. You ain't gotta go nowhere. <laughs> Lemons, lime, apple, it's in there. Yes. <laughs> open it up and then you get on a Zoom call with me. I usually make people take shots the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, y'all, let's do this. Y'all been with each other for a whole day or two days on Zoom. Let's take a shot, um, shake it out, and I ask you questions about your, your day, and I have you talk to other people within the Zoom call. Um, I pick on people. So if you're not cutting your apple right, I'm going to say you're not cutting your apple right, Gregory. Let's do you, <laughs> you have to put it up to the camera. Are, are, there, are there people that, like, maybe, like, if I was on a call, would I have other people on the call that maybe I, I don't know, personally know? Or is it usually just, like, a specific group? How does that work? So it, it's both. Sometimes people do it for, like, their family members and groups they know that can't necessarily be together. Or people do it for, like, team building experiences. And we utilize breakout rooms to put people in different rooms to do different activities um, to get to know each other. Um, and nothing bonds you over a shared experience <laughs> like the bar. <laughs> and we do mocktails, too. It's not only alcohol, too. We do mocktails as well. Um, all of our kids come with the option to make it non-spirit um, forward, if you, if you may. So, yeah. You know, one thing I, I think about a lot is, you know, because Greg and I were both entrepreneurs uh, as well, is how does your, how do we get the business to go without us? You know, how do you, because it sounds like your, your business is solely on your shoulders. So have you thought about that? Like, how do you grow it past you? Absolutely. Um, 
I don't know if you heard of the book, The E-Myth. Have you heard the book? Oh, that's a great book. Um, like the first three pages, he goes, an entrepreneur that has a business that is solely operated on yourself is not a business, it's a job. And the job is ran by an idiot. <laughs> well, thank you, bro. Congratulations, Darian. We we're both idiots. <laughs> I'm an idiot too at this point. So it's like, oh man, whoa. But um I firmly believe in scaling for growth when you initially jump into the experience. Um at incoming it in becoming an entrepreneur, thinking about the corporate world, you realize that there's a technician, right? There's somebody who's doing the actual work. Then there's the manager, the person that's like, okay, is this done? Check. Is that done? Check, right? Making sure everything gets done, but can't necessarily do the work, but it's consistent enough to follow up. And then last but not least, the, the entrepreneur, the brains, the thought, the creativity, the spark, the drive, the passion behind it all. And you as an entrepreneur have to have all three in order to run a successful business. And the way to create a business is to franchise or outline those things you do so that they can be passed on. You cannot operate a business without processing, well, process, or, or writing down process to be turned over to be foolproof. Because at the end of the day, what you do that's become so successful on your own, it can be taught. You don't want to bring someone. So for, for the team I'm building now, I'm not bringing someone in that has to be my level and above. Because if I lose that person, how will I then teach someone else? How will I, how, I'll be at a loss. Like, oh my God, I lost them, my friend. <sighs> no, 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 no. If I have a process in place, I can refill that position. Not to say you don't want meaningful people, but <clears throat> you can then scale for growth, right? You can maneuver, adjust, add in, subtract, and you still have the freedom to oversee and manipulate, adjust, grow. So that's what I think that the process should be to becoming a business owner and not just a, another job. Yeah, I, think, I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful explanation of how that all works too, because I'm actually, I'm reading a book called The Millionaire Fast Lane right now. And they, they speak of that process also. And, and again, it's, it's, I, I was reading the section about working for someone and they're like, you know, as an employee, you essentially have no leverage because you're replaceable. And it's funny to hear. I mean, I, I think you were saying essentially the same thing from a different perspective. Yeah. And um, as someone who loves to work, man, I just keep finding myself in that same spot because it's, it's essentially, yeah, we do have to, we have to let go of our baby and, and create um, what you're saying, an opportunity for people to be trained and do the work for us and uh, keep the idea going. Um, I wanted to ask you too, like as an entrepreneur, like how did you step away from your job and find the time to, I mean, did you, did you like leave your job and start this business? Were you working a job and doing the entrepreneur thing, doing the mixology thing at night? Like how did that all work? I did not leave my job. I am still there. I am up all the time. I have a child. It is my business. Oh, no. <laughs> my hair is here, I promise. Um, no, um, the blessing in disguise is, oh my God, it's so good. Because guess what? The moment um, the person reached out to me about uh, the, the Peloton gig, you know, like, hey, can you do this? It was a super, it was a huge undertaking. That same week, my work computer like fried <laughs> and we were working from home. So I wasn't able to like get another computer within like a week's time. It took like a week, almost two weeks to get a new computer. My old computer is like this 2022, no 20, what is 2002, 2002. There we go. So I have twos now. Um, <laughs> MacBook Pro, like suit, like 10 pound. And I'm like, working off of that the entire time and it doesn't have like the ports for my work computer stuff to get on it so it was just a hot mess <laughs> but it afforded me the opportunity to have a good solid seven days of just like creative thought process without um work my nine to five however I still do uh work my nine to five but process plan and procedure and a lot of what I do now is similar 
So it's not really a huge undertaking where I'm like changing clothes, picking up an instrument. Like I'm not doing those things. I'm just like, all right, back to the computer, you know? So um, that is how I handle it. And I have an amazing support team. My mother, she's like, what you doing? I'm coming over. She's like, Pack. one day we shipped out 140 boxes and she's, I'm on the computer working and she's just like one spoon, two spoon, three spoon, four. And um, I have another really good friend, um, Shanique. She does printing and labeling. And she took over all of the RA shipping labels, ingredient labels, organizing all that information so that she just dropped it off at the doorstep or came up and just labeled everything. So I have a team. It is, it is people. They help me. (laughs) Can I I ask real quick, is is the goal to eventually like be full-time working for your own company? And then like, if that's the goal, when do you know it's time to make that step? The goal is to be full-time working, full-time managing companies, not working. I don't wanna, my goal is not to work. Dear, I don't dream about work. Isn't that a meme or something like that? (laughs) Dare I? Um, But I think that moment comes when you fully trust yourself and the business that you've raised, like the baby you raised, right? Because much like leaving home, you gotta, be okay. You got to be okay with what you have and your ability to succeed in order to thrive. So with my business, when I'm like, it can go, it can be on its own. That's when I will, um, you know, because the only time you don't want to go is when you're scared, fear. That's the only reason there's no other, nothing else. (laughs) So, yeah. You ever read this book, um, the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell? I have not. Yeah, check that book out. Uh, maybe Greg told me about this book years ago. But anyway, I, I read this book and it's just about the point where you go to the next level, basically. Everything has a tipping point. And, and you know, with business or anything that you're doing or leaving home, at a certain point, you got to be like, all right, I got to move up out my mama house, man. Like, <laughs> I only got $50, but I got to get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> you ain't washing no more dishes, man. But right. then you get to your own house, you still got to wash dishes. So you know, <laughs> that's kind of what it's like running a business. It's like, when you work for someone else, you you just do this one little thing. But when you run, run your own business, you just do everything. Yeah. And, you know, at first, and then you get people to do those things and you just, then you can just do the thing I love, you know, exactly. that, that's, that's the goal, right? It is. And you will find people that love to work in the business that you are creating. You'll find people that love to make drinks, that love to be salespeople. Um, Greg, earlier you mentioned, um, you know, when do you have to step back? from that baby sometimes you have to let go and it's funny you say that because I recently was thinking about um when I was saying like you gotta every when you release everything when you're stripped down to your bare minimum who are you like core values every business has core values and if you ever work for a company or corporation when you're working for that company you're working you're doing their core values right like compass group I have their core values on lock and I am a salesperson, I still have my personality, but I have to operate within the things that um, under their mantle. So that's why it's so important as an entrepreneur to build your mantle so that when you put those people in place, they will operate under your mantle, but you got to build it so that they know what you're about at your core, not just like, yeah, we love customer service and we love smiles and, you know, always answering an hour. No, like what we are creative. We are full of intention. We are intentional. Like we want to hear you and want to create an experience that comes out of your mind, right? We want to, we want to take it and make it because you don't know how to make a drink, but I do. So let me hear you and do it. So yeah. We got people in the comments and they, they, they asking about your platform. I, I put your email, I mean, not your email, but your website in the comments, but, but can you go ahead and just mention it so everybody can hear it and they can give yes. me some money? It is Mixology dash c-l-e that didn't help dot com c-o-m the big word i didn't spell i realize that now but yeah. you'll, you'll see it in the comments i dropped it in there a couple of times y'all y'all can go over there and give asia all y'all money i, I want to circle back to something you said earlier about fear and what are you afraid of and when will you conquer it? What am I afraid of and will I conquer it? 
Okay. I will challenge, I'll raise you this. Um, I don't know that I'm afraid or if I just know that I, if I, I'm a planner. So I know that there's things that I need to learn and I know I haven't learned them yet. So I don't think I'm afraid of anything. Like going back to me moving, it's so funny you say afraid because um, when I was 19, I was in Cleveland, Ohio, living my life in abundance. And I woke up and I'm like, hey mom, I'm moving to New York. She was like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> I was like, I'm moving to New York. Like that's just the thing I want to do. I'm 18 turning 19 at this point. And um, I wanted to go visit New York. And she's like, okay, I'm going to come with you. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm going to go with my friend. She's like, well, why? I'm like, well, you're, you're too safe. Like you, 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 you're afraid of things. Like I'm standing in a hostel. I want to go look in the corners. I need to see who over there. Cause if I'm moving there, I need to know. Um, <laughs> I'm not, um, I had no family here. No, like no job, no place to live. I just found some, like someone helped me. My mom's friend was like, Hey, this person has a basement apartment room. And this was like a couple weeks before I decided to move. So um, I realized that anyone who was opposed to that idea, who was like, no, don't do it. They weren't speaking from experience. Like they weren't speaking from moving to New York and like, oh my God, it was horrible. They were speaking out of fear or out of what someone told them. They've never experienced what I'm trying to do. So for them, so for me to absorb some type of fear or to create fear over something I've never done is like, why would I do that? No, do it. If it fails and you get scared, then be like, oh no, don't go over there and they shoot it. Get down. <laughs> but until then, um, I just, I feel like edge learning is the thing that uh, I need to do. That's deep because I think we all we all suffer with fear, and 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 I, I appreciate you bringing up the point that I guess the, the process of fearing the unknown is actually the scariest part. But when you're actually doing it, it's you know I guess you're you're so in the moment that it's hard to fear something that you're doing. Um, you know, when you were talking about like work culture and things like that, I just want to say too, like you know, something I've come to realize in my time as a band leader and, and a teacher, also in, in high school, is just like so much of the culture of any environment is determined by the manager, determined by the boss, determined by the the teacher or the band leader, and things like that. And so I feel like you know, also like when when speaking about core values too, it's like we all display our core values by like how we how we present ourselves to the world and how we interact with people. And, and I feel like, you know, you're not going to have any issues communicating or conveying your core values because it's just, just in this short little time together, it's just like, you just, you just seem to present yourself in just such a, a light and fun. And, and, you know, like you were talking a lot about connections and, you know, just having done this podcast for such a long time, you're one of the easiest people we've had an opportunity to connect with. Hey. <laughs> You know, and, but yeah, it's, and that's, and that's something I think a lot of times, like we forget too, like when, when, when speaking of those things, like culture, like it's, it's, the culture is already there because we're just, we're just being who we are and, and people are naturally going to kind of like imitate the people that are around in some way. Mm -hmm. um, but can, can I ask you too, like, who, who do you look up to? Like, who are, who are your heroes? Or do you have anyone that like maybe is a role model that has inspired you to? Besides me, your mom. Oh, yeah. It's funny because your wife actually inspires me. Like, see, I consider her a mentor. Yes, that is a whole thing. Just like you know, um, he inspired me too. You know, <laughs> and, and what do you love about them? Like, what 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 is that? Um, again, I like thought process, and I can get caught up in my thought process, and I'm like, oh gosh, um, I get to a point where sometimes I make a bunch of lists. And just keep rewriting the list in different formats and like nothing gets done, but it's like, okay, the A, B, or well, maybe C, D, E, but um, <laughs> the, the people that I have as mentors in my life, Shadia, Carolyn, my mother, um, they, they know me enough to say, prioritize this. <laughs> and that's a very hard thing to come by when you find a mentor, because if the mentor doesn't know you for who you want to be, like, for instance, you can't have a friend as a mentor because a friend will use whatever judgment or thought process they have about their experience to answer or to help you with whatever. They'll say, well, remember last time or 
you usually do this or you usually do that, but a mentor, whatever you're going through, they'll navigate that particular situation. And I think that that is very important um, and why I look up to those people because they're able to isolate and objectively think about something for you to move forward apart from reminisce. So um, I, that's why I look up to those people because that's like, I, it's hard to find people like that out here. And they doing it, they doing the damn thing, they are. So there's that also. You know, Greg and I, we, I, we, the reason we have this podcast is because of our mentors. And the reason we started this nonprofit is because we're trying to live up to, to the vision that we thought our mentors had for us, you know? So that resonates with us on the highest of levels. And, you know, Shadia, my wife, she, she's my mentor. Which I'm, she's not my mentor, but I do look up to Shadia, you know? I always tell her she's the smartest person I know. I'm the second smartest person I know, and Greg is the third smartest person. So I object to that. That is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least number two. <laughs> but, you know, mentorship, mentorship is huge in every person's success because you need that outside voice to say, oh, why don't you go left? Because it's easier if you go left. Now, you can go right if you want to. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of it's really huge. And the mentor's experience also. Yeah. What 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 are you gonna do next? Like when you finish with mixology, once you get into it, what's next? What 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 are you dreaming? What's your next dream? Oh my dreams! Don't get me started. Um, I have so many. Um, but the thing I want to do the absolute most in this world is create a platform. Uh, when I worked at um, <clears throat> Executive Caters, it's like an event manager. Um, well, not an event manager, a server, and then a major D. Um, we have an event, the dais. You know what a dais is? No, like, what is that? It's like where the, the bride and groom sit, or it's where the performers sit, or the king and queen. It's a platform in which the priority people sit. Um, and I remember one day, I'm just living my best life as a uh, server serving water and chips and stuff and all of a sudden I hear get the dais help the dais the dais and I'm like what is what is so important about the dais like what's going on like the dais needs to be first the dais this and we had a full meeting about the dais and I'm like what I'm googling what is dais and dais is like a platform in which like um the highest people sit or where the performer or a place to stand right a place of significance so I want to create a dais because they was freaking out about this day. So everybody deserves a platform, right? So I want to create um, not the platform, but the tools to create, to put on that platform. We got all YouTube, Instagram, we got Facebook, we got all this stuff. However, a space, I used to work at a film studio, a space where you can edit, do voiceovers, you can do all these different things in one place to create what you want to create. If you want a kitchen, all right, we got a kitchen over here. You want a bar, we got a bar over there. For people to be able to make different things to present to the world. I want to be the resource. I don't want to be the plug or the outlet. I just want to be the extension cord. You come through me to get to where you got to go. That's what my hope and dream and plan for my life is, just to be able to be the extension cord for the people to go from point A to point B. The resource. Do you ever say no to an opportunity? Because I, I never met too many people who's been a, a, music, a clown, <laughs> a, a, a magician, a waiter, a bartender. Like, it, it sounds like you get these opportunities that, that normal people would be like, I ain't gonna be no damn music, ma- ma- magician. Like, you know, and you just like, yeah, I'll do that. I mean, like, why not? Um, I'm glad you asked that. I had a friend um, that, so no, I don't. I tell so many stories. Um, <laughs> um, I do not say no to an opportunity because I believe that um, there's something to learn in every opportunity. Again, we talked about the the fear and the unknown. I want to know. I, I crave knowledge. I thirst for like these things. Like, what is it? Tell me. Huh? I'll do it. If I don't like it, I won't do it again. But I'll be able to tell you I don't want to do that again. <laughs> like I have no desire to do this. Um, but one of my really good friends, um, he was in college. He was a civil engineer. Like he got all of these accolades, and the job he was at wanted to like promote him to like this higher position. 
that I am not trying to go further in this place. Like at no point do I want to be the manager of this place or like the higher position. I was like, people go to school for the position they're offering you. Literally, they're going to school for the position they're offering you and they're willing to work with your school schedule. Why not do it? Why not? It's like, well, I don't want to invest. You're not investing. If they're investing in you. They are giving you time, money, and energy for you to, and from that, um, and that experience, it allowed him to kind of merge the two. And now he's like, like the bar manager, like the, the person, the civil engineer and bar like creator for this entire restaurant chain. So he, he combined the two. And I'm like, see, now look, if you would have stayed there out here, just shaking up cosmos what would have what would have what have you sir so um <laughs> gaining experience to create so yeah i've always been interested in those people too and like yeah one time i did this i'm like really why'd you find the time <laughs> i don't say no i have had you know this you were mentioning earlier or, you know darren and i one of our things that bond us too is our experience in the service industry and also when i was in college i was a, a waiter for four or five years and, you know, something that kind of, you know, we, we normally have conversations that center around music. And I can't tell you how many musicians that I know that have never had a job <laughs> in their life, you know, and, and, and sometimes I find it like the lack of having experience, like working for someone else, or even like maybe the experience of like being a server, like I'm, I'm forever grateful for all the things that I learned. Like, you know, dude, work is hard. Um, how to interact with people, you know, how to, when people are hungry and pissed or when people are like coming out for a party, like, you know, you get to interact and see that there's so many different lifestyles happening at the same time. And anyways, but going back to what you were saying too, is like those, those, those experiences and opportunities like shape us as people. And I feel like enable us to connect with those around us a little easier. And it's just kind of like sitting here talking to you. Yeah, it's just like, it's just, I can just feel that radiating from you. <laughs> yes. What else shapes us apart from experience? Yeah, it's, it's so important. It's so important. And, you know, hey, musicians listening to this, like just, you know, just all this stuff that, that, that we're talking about too. And I know the, the conversation is never like explicitly like focused around music, but so much of this is applicable to how we run how we conduct ourselves as people, how we like, you know, when you were speaking about to the packaging, the presentation, connecting with people, those are all things that are like extremely important for any artist or entertainer to embody in their, their stuff too. Cause you, we could sit here too. And you, you could have just been like, I like to mix drinks and I don't like it when people talk when I'm mixing drinks, because it takes away from the science and the magic of the mixology. And <laughs> Or whatever, but yeah, it's like I just really appreciate being able to to see how, like, again, like you've created an experience in the same way that like you've created an experience for Darian and I in this moment, and like you know I'm watching the chat just blowing up on Darian's screen. <laughs> like you know, I really, I, I just again, like just just from interacting with you, I feel like just we, we I've learned a lot in 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 what you, you've shown us, you've embodied like the things you've been talking about very well. I appreciate that. I think about. Uh, and you talking about magi magicians, musicians, and um, uh, work. I think that an important thing to remember because your music that you display is that product. It is that craft. It is that thing that people crave. And sometimes, like the music speaks for itself. So I don't have to necessarily. Show, I don't have to show up. My music will show up, right? But and return and on the flip side of it um all those hours of practice you had to put in all that time spent saying no to going here or no to going there because you're trying to get this down right that is discipline that is being on time because you have to you you really gotta go within yourself you're not punching the clock at that point and get 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 this you're not getting paid for practicing what <laughs> amen amen you gotta you gotta get a gig to get paid <laughs> exactly so you are back here and a lot of my friends are a musician and the amount of discipline it takes it's like the personality may not be there when it comes to presenting that product because they i don't have to i don't know how to package this i, I am the gift right i can display this for you <laughs> like I, I am the gift i'm not a musician but i, I 
play the clarinet in the recorder, I got you. Um, but thinking about that, just um, outlining that you, you are a corporation or in itself, right? And just pinpointing those different things you do to be able to articulate it and say like, no, I, I'm comfortable, I am this, I am that. I have the ability to, right? So a lot of times I can't work that job. No, you've been working a job for free for a very long time. You can, you just have to, you know, compare and control, like equate it. Does that make sense? Like put the, the keyboard. It's a, just a, it's a mindset shift. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Listen, Asia, uh, unfortunately we are coming up on time here. Uh, things move fast and um, but before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to plug everything, pl- tell people where to go to give you all their money. <laughs> yeah, because if they need to order this for their company, call your boss and tell them that you need to get uh, Mixology CLE packaged up. But tell them where to go. Tell them how to connect with you on social media. Awesome. My name is Asia Sievers. My Instagram is Mixology dot. CLE. That's at mixology.cle. My website is mixology-cle.com. Um, and if you want to send me an email directly, it's mi- contact at mixology-cle.com. So many, so many words and letters and numbers. That's beautiful. You know one thing, Greg, <clears throat> that kind of floated across that we didn't talk about, and I'm just going to mention it right now. Uh-huh. Everybody getting drunk at work. <laughs> what, what, what is this madman what is this 1968 motherfuckers is still at work getting wasted dog there's no liability you're at home you're, oh, oh that's what's going on here there's no liability you're at home getting drunk just, just for the <laughs> record that's not me count me out of that one <laughs> here, count me out Greg, Greg's a school teacher so Greg look man, <laughs> Talk to your boss tomorrow and, and order up some drinks for get them kids stressful, man. I know you need some drinks, bro. Man. <laughs> do mocktails too. Nah, nah, nah. They come on, hey, y'all, are y'all doing anything special for Mardi Gras? Mardi Gras coming up in a month. I know. Y'all so should cool. do y'all hurricanes. Send, send them out. Hurricanes and some beads. I got you. Thank you. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> See, look, life experiences or creativity. <laughs> We did a kids' party not too long ago. We did like color change and lemonade. It was oh, yeah, okay. You ain't doing my kids' party. Just- <laughs> lemonade. And- <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Listen, listen, listen. Asia, thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, y'all. Yeah, my name is Darian Douglas. My name is Gregory Ajit. Asia, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. We hope we wish you the best of luck and thank you for everything. We'll catch y'all later. Peace.